0: Welcome to Nikosia Ankat, produced and presented by Andromayi Fokleus and Kemal Baykalde.
1: On the 30th of May, the Republic of Cyprus held its parliamentary elections. Governing party DC retained the first position but lost 3% of its share of votes and one seat and now has 17 seats in parliament. The main loser of the elections, opposition party AKEL gained a mere 22% of the share of votes and also lost one seat, leaving it with 15. Democratic Party Digo retained its nine seats in parliament but lost a significant share of votes. A far-right Elam party gained 6.78% of the vote and it was the main winner of the elections as it doubled its percentage and seats in the parliament and now has 4 seats in the parliament. Just like the socialist party EDEC that ran along with Citizens Alliance and managed to gain 6.72% and 4 seats as well. One of the surprises of the elections, the Democratic Front DIPA ran for the first time in the parliamentary elections as an offshoot of DIGO and gained 6.10% and four seats in parliament. Despite the expectations, Green Party received a disappointing 4.41% but managed to gain one more seat, leaving it with three seats in parliament. The Republic of Cyprus now has a seven-party parliament in which collaborations between the parties will be necessary.
0: Hello Andromahi, this is an election special episode for our listeners, how are you?
1: Hello, I am still shocked and surprised and uh, (laughs) looking at the results and things. I
0: I, I was (laughs) watching your your analysis and statements in different um, mediums really, but yesterday uh, was the parliamentary elections of the Republic of Cyprus for 56 seats, and um, we know that uh, since 1963, the Turkish CPs have not taken uh, part uh, in, uh, in in that election. So this explains the 56 seats. I think there was 65 percent uh, of uh, participation. Uh, along uh, the
1: line. There was 34 uh, percent of people who abstained. Yeah.
0: Yes, something along that lines. And I, I saw that uh, until very until the last moment. Uh, the participation was quite low. Maybe people were on on the beach, or maybe they thought that it doesn't really work going to the ballot boxes. But I think towards the very end, there was this mass campaign by the parties trying to mobilize their base. And eventually, we have the DC coming the first uh, center right and Akel coming second, as expected. But they both lost percentages. You will give us more details and statistics. And uh, the surprising part is that uh, far-right uh, Elam party uh, increased and even doubled uh, its vote. And uh, we have a new party, which was a split from a center uh, Dico party. It is called DIPA, which uh, in the first uh, uh, race they, uh, they did pretty well. Uh, there has been um, a, a lot of criticism and big scandals including the passport scandal and corruption scandals and people were on the streets. But uh, I think my initial analysis was that the people who felt that they cannot change the system by voting, they decided not to go to the ballot box. And the the, the sense of corruption worked the other way around.
1: I think this has been a very interesting election uh, period and (laughs) with even more interesting um, election results. Astounding election results to some extent. So we've got, on the one hand, the leading party, D.C., losing 3% of its share of votes, but the biggest loser in the election was its main competitor, uh, Ikel, the left-wing party that lost 3.3% and the big share of its votes as well. But the issue here is that we are talking about an eight-year period in which uh, D.C. has been in government. We are talking about one of the most uh, hit governments in the history of the Republic of Cyprus when it comes to corruption scandals and when it comes to one scandal appearing after the other. But this has not influenced uh, the vote. And this has not influenced uh, the results. So, whilst you would expect the opposition to be doing better, it went much below their expectations. Like Kelk had said before the elections that it was hoping to keep its share of percentages uh, that it gained in the 2016 elections, uh, or a bit higher, it failed to do that it reached an all-time low, the 22%. Uh, this is, result is also very low for the party, but when compared to how the others did, this is where this uh, affairs better. Um, having said that, though, the issue about the center parties, we need to understand that, in fact, the center parties have been more strengthened in these elections because as you said we've got vipa the offshoot of dico joining the parliament with an astounding 6%. That that was a very very big shock. And the other very very big shock was the 6.72 that the socialist uh, party gained the vec which is socialist in all but name <laughs> it's, it's not the socialist party. EDEC managed to get the 6.72% of the share. At the time when ELAM, the far-right party, also got 6.78%. Why is this surprising? This is surprising because the result of ELAM was expected, but not if it came with a, with such a significant percentage of EDEC votes. And therefore, we see that there is... The highly political parties, the parties that have a a political line, have lost their shares. Uh, And the only political ideology that has surfaced as a winner in these elections is the far-right ideology and the racist ideology. We're going to discuss about this a bit later, but the important thing to understand here is that there is the the political system in the Republic of Cyprus is clearly going through a crisis. It goes through a crisis because we see that the people who head to the polls are not uh, guided by political ambitions, they are not guided by political ideology, Uh, but there are other issues that are uh, currently at stake. At the same time, when we've had so many corruption scandals surfacing, but this is not reflected in the vote. It means that the people uh, voting are kind of you know, immune to discussion on corruption. They think that, uh, and this was something very successful that DC played very well. It played the card of corruption has existed in the Republic of Cyprus since the beginning. And this uh, mentality, you could see it everywhere. You could see, you would hear it from everyone that, you know, uh, everyone is the same. Corruption is everywhere. Uh, look at all the European countries, there is corruption, there everywhere. So corruption was kind of annulled as an issue. It didn't matter when people went to
0: vote. I think people were more concerned about what happened during the pandemic and somehow the government didn't do awful bad. And maybe that was one concern. And of course, clientelism, I think, um, also... Uh, 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 has played a part in the sense that uh, everybody knows everybody, you have the party allegiance, you have people supporting parties as if they are supporting a football club, and uh, generally also in Cyprus. So maybe uh, the, the issue which are very important, the ones who've decided not to vote, have not been very important to the ones who have actually voted. And, um, you know, elections is also something to do with who participates in the elections. I mean, if you don't vote, somebody else will vote and then they will take over uh, the the figures. How would you evaluate Akel's uh, center-left party's failure in that? I mean, we know that they were in power before, uh, but uh, especially during the first economic crisis. And I think they are still paying the price of what happened, especially with the with the banks going bust and and the haircuts and everything that happened, and I think people still remember this and they're still making Akel pay for this. Would you agree with my analysis on that? Well, I
1: think this is there is a general issue, and if you look at international politics, and especially at European politics, there is an issue with the left parties in offering a viable economic alternative. We have not seen that. All the left-wing parties in Europe are suffering from this lack of a viable economic alternative. This is the, the, the area in which they are clearly lacking. And you, you see them being in the forefront of social issues, but when it comes to financial issues, they don't seem to have the answer. We need to understand this and put it in, in the context of Cyprus as well, when, let's be honest, the issue of, of finance and how well people feel that they are doing when it comes to their capacity to survive, when it comes to the financial issues, the, it influences the elections. And care did not have the answer to this, or it failed to convince the public about this. At the same time, the other interesting part about Akel's performance is the fact that it came at the time of an unprecedented movement in the streets going against uh, the government. And it is evident that uh, Akel failed to capitalize uh, on this movement. It failed to gain from the Osdame movement. It failed to be to be seen as the alternative to those people that took the step and took to the streets against the government because of a number of issues. And therefore, I think that Aker has a lot to look into in the day after. I believe there is clearly um, a leadership issue, but I don't even think that this is the only problem of IKEL. I believe IKEA needs a total sort of reshaping of its messages, but what it mostly needs it's, um, is a, a, a reconnection with the people uh, on the ground. Having said that, I honestly believe that all the political parties, the mainstream political parties, are suffering from this problem as well. If this will be shown, it will depend on whether people will decide to mobilize. I mean, the people that are uh, that, that stay away from the elections, because in the current elections we had a 34 percent of an abst- of abstention rate, and at the same time we also have we we also need to take in mind that we also have thousands of younger Cypriots that are not even registered in the election catalogs, which means that uh, they are not even counted as. As part of the abstention rate. So, aside from the 34% of an abstention rate, we also need to take into consideration that there are another 40,000 or so uh, younger citizens that are not registered in the election lists. The key uh, issue for the future, if we are to be looking at the future for any political party or for any new political party, because there is a lot of talk about these issues these days, is if they will manage to mobilize the um, the, the people that do not go to the election polls and the people that vote something out of. The need to vote for a party, but they don't really feel that they that they are uh, you know in touch with any of their political parties. And this is where Elam is different. But again, we are going to discuss about Elam in a bit.
0: I have been following Elam using corruption as a way to distinguish itself from the system parties in the sense that elam uh, has been presenting itself as an alternative to the systemic parties and this in fact should have been done by um, anti corruption um, anti systemic uh, opposition rather than the anti uh, systemic right ultra right wing party and uh, but but also i think the fact that elam mobilized its base to to bring them to the ballot box is one aspect But let's also uh, take into consideration that the hardcore, uh, the hardliners in the Turkish Cypriot community, the, you know, Ersin Tatar's victory and how Erdogan in Turkey uh, has been using a very harsh rhetoric when it comes to the Cyprus problem also played at the hands of the ultra right wing party. How would you evaluate that? I mean, is it really. You know that they always say that uh, right-wing, the nationalism of one side always feeds into the nationalism of another s- side, and it has always been taken as a cliche. But in fact, what has just happened is is a proof of that.
1: No, I totally agree on this. We saw that in the in the actual election of uh, Sin Tatar and how the attack by far right groups in the Deringa crossing point. You know, it was it fed the nationalist circles in the in the north as well. I believe that the LAM's rise, I must say, I expected an even higher percentage by LAM. There are a number of reasons why it stopped at uh, the percentage it did. Thankfully, it didn't manage to get into the third round of uh, distribution of votes, so it only got four, four seats uh, in the in the parliament. So let's look a bit at the LAM. As you said, the LAM is using this um, uh, facade of of being uh, away from corrupt politics and being different from corrupt politicians etc but this is only a facade elam is part of the system uh, elam has been i mean the the, the michalo yakos the, the head of golden dawn who is the sister party of i mean elam is the sister sister party of golden dawn in greece he had admitted publicly that they were funded by the church of cyprus at the same time, Elam supported the government in the parliament for the passing of the budget in January two thousand twenty-one. Uh, one of the new MPs that Elam elected was a former DCMP. <laughs> that was uh, he even had uh, troubles with the law. Uh, this MP they cannot claim to be a non-corrupt party or a party that is aside from mainstream politics. They are part of the system. But they play very well with the facade of not being part of the system. Uh, In this game, they are highly assisted by the media in Cyprus that have not touched them at all. They have not looked into their practices. They have not looked into the way they organize. We are talking about such a success by Elam at the time when the party with which it is affiliated in Greece, Golden Dawn, has just been convicted as a terrorist organization. And this happened and Elam managed to present a, a total disassociation. Uh, with Golden Dawn, and this was taken very well by the Cypriot public and the Cypriot media that did not ask any questions. Uh, Until yesterday, uh, the the social media and the web page of Elam was filled with references to Golden Dawn, and then after the conviction, they erased everything from online, and this Greek Cypriot media did not ask for more questions. However, I need to stress that what Elam does best is what uh, is this populist approach that parties like AKEL and DC also used to have, but they are slowly losing, which is the, the the their connection with the people on the ground. Elam was using a lot this you know this very populist uh, tactic of giving f- uh, food to Greeks. And Orthodox uh, in in the various villages of Cyprus, Uh, they were seen as the good guys that were trying to help their Greek Orthodox communities. And, uh, you know, at a time when people are struggling financially, they don't look into the nuances of whether the Alarm's tactics are racist. They don't look on on whether, you know, this is genuine or not and and they this, is well. AK
0: Part- this is what this is what party of Turkey um, had been doing um, um which uh, you know, Erdogan's political party uh, when they entered the elections. and this is how they were they were distributing coal. they were distributing beans, they were distributing food. And, um, you know, uh, for many people, it doesn't matter whether they are really religious or not. It's just they were happy that they were getting it and they were just giving their votes and like a very, you know, simple tactic.
1: Exactly. And on a political level, I need to stress this. Uh, Elam has been very, very much helped by the rhetoric and by the strategy used by the governing party, DC. At the time, uh, we saw DC uh, shifting its rhetoric Far to the far right, we saw it implementing, imposing uh, barbed wires in order to prevent the refugee flows from the north. We saw it closing the crossing points and leaving them closed for so many months. We saw them using anti-refugee rhetoric and anti-migrants rhetoric, and all these only strengthened alarm because, you know, the uh, sea managed to see shift civic discourse towards the right, towards more xenophobic positions. And this is why the the political positions of Elam did not ring a bell, uh, because they, they are so much a part of the wider civic discourse. And the same goes, for instance, for parties like EDEC as well, which use the same discourse against non-governmental organizations, against uh, refugees and asylum seekers. So Basically, and this is the most concerning part of all, uh, the the rhetoric that Elam uses is so normalized uh, in civic discourse that people don't even recognize the uh, neo-Nazi and far-right attributes of Elam in its
0: approach. Can someone justify this uh, rise of Elam and normalize it in the sense that oh yes there are you know uh, right wing um, populist parties everywhere in the Europe in the world uh, in the EU and in in the world and uh, you know I mean it's just okay not nice not good but this is a general trend and do you think that uh, people will um, respond negatively to it or it's just uh, the you know the groups which are really aware of 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 the developments behind it, and then what it can bring to the country,
1: you know a, a lot of people are using the argument that you raised this you know it's a general uh, it's a period through which Europe is, is going and this is normal and it happens everywhere. but not all European Union countries suffer from the Cyprus problem. <laughs> And uh, I believe that ELAM is dangerous. ELAM is dangerous because we are uh, living in the midst of an unsolved uh, political issue. ELAM is promoting divisive uh, rhetoric and... uh, uh, it has in its uh, policies the closing of crossing points it has in its uh, rhetoric the elimination of anything turkish from the republic of cyprus uh, constitution from the republic of cyprus streets they are now doing uh, using uh, petitions in order to call for the street names that are in turkish to change they can destabilize the situation to that extent that we're going to have a lot of problems on the island and as i Always say, let's be honest. The predecessors of a lot of people. I'm not talking about everyone or about all the voters of the but I'm talking about their leadership. We see how they have not regretted what happened in the past of Cyprus. They don't even feel ashamed for the past of Cyprus. They don't even. A lot of them don't even know the history of Cyprus. The at least to a great extent, and they cannot appreciate. Uh, how this divisive rhetoric and this nationalistic rhetoric is actually influencing the prospects of the island. And I need to stress this. Many people do not appreciate how any any talk against the Turkish Cypriots, any re- intensification of, of, of uh, nationalist talk in the south is feeding the nationalist talk in the north as well. And this sort of situation works to the extent of uh you know exacerbating the conflict and keeping the sides apart and we need to be made aware of this interconnectedness i am very upset that even people that you know are politically savvy they fail to understand the threat that the lamb poses when it comes to this and i'm saying this because Uh, I expect DC to use ELAM in the parliament. They will use ELAM in the parliament because they will need it in order to be passing uh, uh, the various bills. They will need it as a parliamentary alliance uh, in the legislative body. But we need to be made aware of how dangerous the, the strengthening of ELAM is, even when it comes to our relationships with our Turkish Cypriot compatriots and to the prospects of the Cyprus problem and not even regarding a solution but regarding peace on the island
0: androma we you know that especially among the younger circles of the community um the environmental issues um is, is is are are a priority in their agenda but somehow um ecologists the green party failed to failed to capitalize on that they didn't do well and um, how could you explain The fact that the Green Party, although they were in disciples politics for a long time, they couldn't really have a breakthrough.
1: I think um, the performance of the Green Party was one of the shocks of the election. Uh, All the polls were showing them to be higher. In fact, most of the polls were showing them to be fighting for the fourth uh, position. Failure is a relative thing. They managed to gain one more seat. Uh, So they used to have two seats in the parliament, now they have three seats in the parliament. But the failure has more to do with the expectations and the prospects that existed rather than, uh, uh, yes, I mean, with the numbers. Of course, they they did lose 0.4% from their performance in 2016, but they still managed to get uh, an extra seat, as we said. I think uh, the Green Party is facing the same problem that Kelly is facing when it comes to the movements that took to the streets. So while we have people going to the streets and protesting on environmental issues, in fact, environmental issues is one of the very few areas uh, for which the Greek Cypriots took to the streets. The Green Party has failed to become the voice of these people, so you have people Going to the streets, protesting about agamas, protesting about environmental protection on the island, etc. But these people, who are mostly youngsters, they don't feel that they can be represented by the Green Party in the parliament. This has to do with a number of issues. It has to do with the past of the Green Party that. For many years, it was choosing to focus on on a kind of conservative approach on the Cyprus problem, and it was talking a lot on the Cyprus problem la- rather than focusing on, the, on on green issues. This changed a bit uh, when Karal Amposteopem to join the party, and especially after he became the leader of the party, but still... I think they were still tainted from their past sort of uh, legacy and they have a lot of work to do when it comes to bringing close to them these people that go to the streets uh, for the uh, environment. At the same time, I also think that the other problem of uh, the Green Party was the fact that they failed to present themselves as a serious political power with concrete and specific positions on a number of issues, including the Cyprus problem. I mean, yes, the Cyprus problem was not part of these elections. I mean, it was barely discussed. But still, the fact that when the party members and the people running were asked uh, on the Cyprus problem, they used to say, we are going to have... a party meeting in September, and we're going to decide on the party's stance on the Cyprus problem then. Well, this is not a serious uh, position to have when you're running for the elections. The only positive thing that came out of this election was the election of, of Alexandra Talidis. She was the former uh, spokesperson of the European Parliament for Cyprus. Uh, she, she entered the, the ballot with the Greens. She has a different position to the Greens on the Cyprus problem. She's a very vocal supporter of a Bisonal communal Federation. She joined a party that is against the Federation officially, but in the hope, as I understand, of changing their position in the future. But uh, Alexandra Taridis is a very dynamic woman, a woman that has been involved with ecology for many years. And I think it was a good thing that we saw her joining the Greens and joining there the is, parliament
0: there seems to be a disappointment in the number of women in the uh, parliament as well
1: we only have eight women out of 56 it's a disgrace honestly and it's we're going uh, backwards on this issue and i am I, I am sad that the greens have also failed to capitalize on the green wave all across the world green politics are shaping the agendas and the green party in cyprus failed to to emerge victorious. I think themselves they have a lot to learn though and I think they need to uh, find the ways to communicate more with people on the ground as well.
0: Before we conclude, I have one analysis and a question to you. Uh, My analysis is that you and I, we have always been advocating the fact That Cyprus problem is actually the source of all our problems in Cyprus today, um, including corruption, including environmental, you know, uh, inability to make long term plans. The fact that uh, we are also faced with uh, security issues, the fact that we are having multiple issues in Cyprus, that the country is divided, the crossings are still uh, you know we are still struggling to to have the crossings opened. So in that sense, Cyprus problem not being part of the discussion actually is a sign itself showing that um, the, the political parties which are actually dealing with the outcomes, which are uh, dealing with the issues relevant to the Cyprus problem but not uh, discussing the Cyprus problem are not necessarily getting enough support from, from the voters. And um, maybe voters are not necessarily aware of the fact that the Cyprus problem is in the heart of everything. Maybe they fail to see this, but somehow they understand that the issues that the political parties are discussing are not relevant to solve their problems, and uh, and this is why uh, leadership is needed, um, not only in terms of community leadership, but the political leadership in all levels of the community. How how can we relate Cyprus problem and, and the lack of uh, lack of it in the in the discussion in the last elections?
1: I, I honestly believe that the current election process is yet another uh, um, proof that we are moving towards partition. The Cyprus problem was not mentioned in the elections was barely touched. Uh, I believe that the, this was mainly because parties like DC, they knew that they didn't want to go there because they were trying to appeal to a wide range of voters that have uh, different perceptions on the Cyprus problem. But at the same time, I also believe that it was an indication that you know people are, being, uh, are consumed with all the other issues that are happening. And the Cyprus problem seems seems redundant. And this this understanding that the Cyprus problem does influence a lot of other areas of our everyday lives uh, is not reflected uh, in the people. People do not feel like this. I must say that I don't blame the people, and I don't blame the parties for not using the Cyprus problem. I mean, in this election process, the Cyprus problem has been going on for so many years. People are sick and tired. They no longer want to discuss it, especially as you know there is this enhancement of nationalist rhetoric on both sides of the island, in Turkey as well, and everything that happens, people don't even think that this is possible, and they just want to set it aside. Having said that, though, I honestly believe that the Cyprus problem was not... Uh, you know, because I, ha- I was reading some analysis today looking at the results and people trying to say that there are more people supporting a by the Communal Federation now in the parliament... I think we shouldn't go there. I think this is a huge extrapolation to make. Uh, at the same time, I honestly believe that it is not words that matter, it is actions, because we've been used in Cyprus to people uh, supporting a BBF only in words, but when it comes to practice, they they are not supporters of it. So um, I think we shouldn't try to make any uh, extrapolations on that. The only thing that we should conclude on, on this issue is that the Cyprus problem does not feel as an issue that concerns Cypriots, Greek Cypriots anymore. And um, I would just like to make a a final point before we close. I think we all need to get a grasp of uh, what happens around us. I think we all need to understand that we all live in our own sort of bubbles, be it social media bubbles, be it uh, our own circles and the people around us. I think that the people on the island have concrete concerns that the politicians uh, have no answers to. I don't believe that any party aside from Elam should be happy about these elections. Elam Oredek, for instance, you know, I mean, we saw the far right winning and we saw uh, the client parties also winning. So this is a perpetuation of everything that has brought the uh, concern and the disillusionment of of people in uh, politics. There is a clear disillusionment and distancing of citizens from the political parties. I am sure that if we look at demographics, if we had demographics, we would be able to see that uh, it's the older people that are voting and that the younger people are choosing not to vote. But if we are to have a future on the island, we need to see how we need we bring uh, the younger people back into the political process. This means simplifying our language. This means going away from you know this language that is overtly political with political terms that people do not understand. And as Nicosia and CADA, I think ourselves, we need to try and bring politics closer to the people. We need to be explaining things much more. We need to be trying to be making simpler explanations, even for people that are not involved in politics. We should challenge all our assumptions about what people know and what people understand. And we should be trying to engage more people in political discourse, to engage more people in the political discussion.
0: Andromahi, is there a room for a new political party? Because there have been attempts in the last elections to do that and obviously didn't produce any tangible results.
1: I think there is definitely room. I think it's already been discussed. I believe just a a point that we didn't raise is that there was a collaboration of political forces that tried to enter the parliament. At the beginning, they were joined together, a generation change, along with the Hunters Party. And they, they split a few days before the elections. And if they had not split, they would have managed to get uh, in the in the Parliament together because they together they received close to six percent. But even then they they were mostly of a populist approach and same old, same old. I believe that there is clearly, room for progressive politics on the island, we need progressive politics, we've said it before on this podcast, we need progressive politics, politics that have to do with uh, with uh, green uh, politics as well, but we also need a viable economic alternative, because this is what matters for people. And any progressive uh, people or people that are leaning towards the left, who are considering Uh, starting a new movement or a party, they need to know that unless there is a viable economic policy alternative, they cannot hope to go any further. But I do believe that we are going to see deliberations on these issues. Uh, And I must say that I think DC managed to stay a bit calm for the time being. But I think that uh, they themselves will also be faced with challenges uh, from more liberal and financially liberal sort of um, circles that uh, want a right party that is not uh, a, a right-wing European party that is not leaning towards the far right to this extent.
0: Androma Isofocleos, political analyst, thank you very much for joining <laughs> our program. <laughs> <laughs>